Hey everybody, Brandon here. This is an off week for Endeavor, uh, but we have a little bit of extra content for you. Last week, to celebrate Star Trek Day on September 8th, Leah, Brad, and I went on Tales of Make-Believe, a Twitch interview show that happens every every Tuesday and is run by Rin, a.k.a. Atomic Firebird. You've probably seen them around if you follow the Twitter or, or anything like that. We talked a bit about Star Trek and about Endeavor and about Star Trek Adventures and, and a lot of cool stuff. It was a really fun conversation to, to just be fans about things. So this is the audio of that stream. Uh, since it was originally recorded as a Twitch stream uh, for, for live viewers, the audio is, is not quite the same quality as our usual output. Uh, I, think, I think it's an interesting conversation if you want to hear what we think of some Star Trek things. And, and a bit about where Endeavor is coming from. Tales of Make-Believe is a fantastic weekly interview show that you should definitely check out. Ren interviews people involved with LARP, interviews people involved with role-playing games, uh, does various session streams, some uh, running and, and some not. They will talk about a lot of that at the end of this audio. But if you want to go check out their channel right away, it is make underscore believe underscore on Twitch or at make underscore believe underscore RP on Twitter. I will also make sure to include links to those places in this episode's description so that you can go find some of that really great content that I think a lot of you would really enjoy. So, without further ado, let's slingshot ourselves around the sun and go back in time by a week to listen to us talk about Star Trek and uh, how how cool Star Trek can be. Enjoy. Go get back in bed. Go get back in your bed. They can totally hear that. <laughs> Hi there, greetings and salutations, and welcome to Make Believe. It is Star Trek Day on Make Believe, and I am Ren, and I'm here with the cast of, or not all of the cast, I'm here with some of the cast of the new uh, Star Trek Adventures podcast. Ad already messed it up, sorry. The new Star Trek Adventures podcast, Endeavor Through the Maelstrom. So, you are watching Tales of Make Believe specifically, which is a Twitch interview show for role players to share their stories, adventures, and close the gaps between all of our loosely entwined communities, and to share folks new to the hobby or, you know, curious about it that TTRPGs and LARPing can be for everyone. Before I let all of my awesome guests start talking about Star Trek and their really cool podcast which you should totally listen to you can type in exclamation point endeavor or exclamation point guests to get any additional information on them right now but i do have to thank a couple people so first off i want to thank my patrons who keep me sane and grounded and keep the metaphorical lights on for this production uh so special appreciation to heather Corey, and christina who have provided so much support to the channel uh Heather specifically, I know, uh, plays in a game with Brad here, so so that's pretty fun. We've got like this kind of like merging thing going on. 
<laughs> and I want to thank my channel benefactor patrons, uh, Dice Bags by Sammy. You can click her links down below. She makes awesome dice bags, and she will be DMing a game on this channel of Star Wars in a week and a couple days. And also, I really want to thank Fennec from the Land Above podcast, who I know is here, talked about setting an alarm because she is such a big Star Trek fan. So, hi Fennec. How you doing? <laughs> um, I also want to thank my Mod Squad and my co-Discord founders. Their links are all down below if you want to send them a Kofi to thank them for all their work they do here and on the Discord. So, big huge thank you to Dan, Nick, and Z. And of course, I want to thank all of you that are joining us in chat. Uh, we did this for you. And, of course, you get to meet, you know, all of the amazing people that I drag onto this show. Sometimes kicking and screaming. Um, and then everyone becomes friends, and it's all just a big community of awesome people. So. It's make-believe night! Woo! Um, so, we, like I said, it is Star Trek Day. And I got some of the cast of Endeavor through the Maelstrom, which has six episodes out now. Five? Five. Five episodes, I don't know. Um, we are just missing a couple folks that have worked during this time period, and that's a shame, but they're real cool too, so I'll put their info up as well. And so we've got Brandon, Leah, and Brad here, so why don't we go in order. Um, you can introduce yourself, say where people can find you, and what you do on the podcast. Uh... In order is uh, Brandon first. <laughs> okay, makes sense. Uh, I'm Brandon. I have a Sheba that is trying to get my attention now <laughs> for the first time in about six hours, of course. Uh, I am the game master on the show, and I do a lot of the editing and stuff as well. And um, let's see, I'm on Twitter as Blue of the Kin. I'm on I Twitch sometimes, video games mostly. And I lurk around here occasionally in, in Rin streams, so. I'm sure somebody in chat is going to call out more uh, nepotism action. Yes, this is that, Brandon. It's mm -hmm. fine. Uh, Leah. Hello, uh, my name is Leah. Uh, you can find me at Leah617 on virtually any social that exists. Uh, what do I do? Oh, I'm on Endeavor. <laughs> uh, I play Ensign Everly, uh, who is the flailing, consistently nervous individual because it's the easiest thing to roleplay uh, <laughs> from my point of view. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I play on the internet. I work. It's really boring sometimes, folks, but that's why we play Star Trek podcasts in our free time. Awesome. Uh, and Brad. And I'm Brad. I you can find me on Twitter at MacinEbedy1. That's M-A-C-H-I-N-E-B-E-D-E-1. -E -E and I play Commander Razum Mozafar on the Endeavor show, Into the Maelstrom. <laughs> so uh, that's pretty much it. I'm pretty boring compared to everybody else. They have a lot more projects than I do. So <laughs> although I am sitting here, I got all the equipment now, I, I'm thinking about stuff. <laughs> heard you ran a good Dragon Age game the other night. Well, that's what I was told. I thought it went pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> um, so again, anytime you want to be reminded of how to contact these fine folks, you can type in exclamation point guests and also exclamation point endeavor to 
get more info about all this fun stuff. And also the thing I totally forgot to say in the preamble is at the end of the show, after we are done answering all these awesome questions that you've submitted on the Discord, I'm giving away three copies of the Star Trek Adventures rulebook. So stick around and figure out how to enter that. And I just kicked my computer so the camera wiggled. <laughs> this is a real professional operation here, folks. It's space turbulence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 We all have to yeah, grab something. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, just everybody jostle. Yeah. All right. So we're here to talk about Star Trek. Um, so, I, you know what? Let's go with the icebreaker question. Which Trek was your first Trek? We can go in order. You all can just kind of interrupt each other as, as you feel like. Uh, whatever works for you. So. Which Trek was your first? Take it away. Oh, I'd go first. Sure. My first, my first Trek was the original series. That's uh, I remember watching it as a kid with uh, my uncles. Nice. Great. It. I started on a uh, TNG, <laughs> although my um, parents had already kind of been fans of, of the original series, so I, I got into that almost immediately after finding uh, TNG in syndication at the time. Uh, my first was also TNG. Um, it was wrapping up, wrap, wrapping, wrapping, wrapping up <laughs> uh, and entering syndication. Well, I guess it aired first in syndication too. Yep. Regardless, um, it was getting close to the end of the series by the time I was old enough to really follow serialized television um, and was super duper in love. And then I remember Voyager's premiere really well. So I followed that. And then as I grew, I was able to find like back DVDs and all that stuff to watch all the other series as they existed. Love Trek. Yay. <laughs> all right. So uh, now we get to the questions that were asked in our Discord. As most of you know, Make Believe has a Discord channel. It's a pretty cool place full of a lot of pretty cool nerds, and you get first crack at asking questions to the guests that come on Tales of Make Believe. We had the most questions for this group that we've had in a while, so we actually are not going to be able to get to all of them. Uh, we've, we've curated them. Uh, there's a lot of really good ones, and a lot of really good ones that we know we don't have time for, so thank you all for all the questions. It was really cool to see how much excitement there was in the Make Believe community for Star Trek. We're all nerds. It's great. <laughs> Yay. Uh, so the uh, first question that I'm going to ask of all of you, it is from Fennec, who, as I said, is a is a pretty, pretty big Star Trek fan. Uh, and she would like to know if you could place yourself in the Star Trek universe, what would be your species, rank, and which era would you be in? <sighs> I'll just I'll just start going at you in, in order if that makes sense so Brandon you're the GM yeah. go yeah, first put somebody in the hot seat as you need to oh man um, even though I knew this question was coming I didn't really decide on anything uh, I think that so species wise I am a fan of um, like the Trill are one of my favorites uh, so I think I'd want to be a Trill maybe uh and mm, era wise I think probably like basically sort of of during TNG 
is, is kind of the, the era I would most want to exist in before everything goes completely to crap for a few years. <laughs> um, but there's still a lot of stuff going on. And hopefully I don't get assimilated by the Borg. <laughs> the Trill's a pretty good answer. I feel like... Mm. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. How about you, Leah? I... I don't know okay so again like it was one of those things where i kept thinking of the answer like picking a species is really hard because like you're not i don't know how to be anything else other than a human <laughs> which is already terrible <laughs> um i definitely could be a species that like one that suppresses emotion or anything like that i'm far too excitable for any of it um so like i might stick with baseline human and then think about it more um and honestly i would probably play in like like picard era if only because their toys are so shiny and I like, it's like, what era of our history would you like to live in? And I'm like, this one, yes, 2020 <laughs> is garbage, but like we have Wi-Fi, and, <laughs> and, and like simulcast anime. Like I'm not, I'm like, I don't, I don't want to play in an era without my cell phone. So I think I would play in the shiny toy era and I probably wouldn't be enlisted in Starfleet. Like I'd be a fun person on a colony somewhere. I'm not sure. <laughs> I mean, any any era after the invention of the holodeck has got to be kind of okay, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like the, the pop windows that Picard has, like the yeah. very Tony Stark style things. Yeah. That's my answer. That makes Brad. Brad, you're up. That makes me... Well, I could have said Orion right off the bat just because I chose that to play, but that's... I think going other than Orion thinking of that I would have to say Klingon I just sort of I've always enjoyed that little sense of honor that they have and and I guess I don't know I sort of idolized Worf in the next generation because that was really I mean I started the old series but next generation is the one that I was actually growing up during so I liked Worf I liked that a lot and I liked the way he portrayed it so yeah. And I don't know, honors is one of those things. It's just, it appealed to this little southern boy. <laughs> well, Worf is Worf is good people. I I know that this is not a, not not about me, but I my first trek was the original series, and so I kind of skipped over Next Gen. And when I, you know, next saw Klingons, they looked real different. <laughs> yeah. And I was so confused. Uh, I liked how they they poked at that in trials and tribulations. Mm -hmm. That that got a good giggle out of me. Anyway, uh, yeah. so I'm currently struggling to rein in my like tangent about the way that the canon has tried to treat the Klingon design change, and nobody needs to hear that story. All right, but you're gonna tell me that story. I feel like you brought it up. I did. <laughs> I just had to. I had to broadcast, mostly for Rin's sake, that I am trying to be good. Oh no! You yeah. know what? I'm gonna sit here and take a drink, and you're gonna tell the story. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. There's not really a story. I just have a lot of examples. Just go to the next question. This will be more interesting if we go to the next question. Okay. Okay. He'll have a thesis next week. Okay. Yeah. Available on Medium. Yeah. It is developing on Discord, from what I can tell. Give me, uh, you know, <laughs> 500 words by next Tuesday something i don't know i don't know uh so we're still on the sort of basic trek questions and so we've got one from nick 
And Nick wants to know, what is your favorite bad episode of Trek? What about this episode is appealing to you? There was some debate whether or not it was bad as in actually bad or bad as in bad. Mm. So it's up to your interpretation. One that a lot of people cite as being bad. And in fact, like to the point that I see it a lot on things like whenever uh, a website decides it's time to do a, a, a listicle of like the 25 stupidest Star Trek episodes or something is the Deep Space Nine episode, Move Along Home, in which uh, this alien who has come to the station through the wormhole challenges Quark to a board game, but the board game, unbeknownst to Quark at the time, involves like several of the other characters being stuck in this weird labyrinth where they may or may not be in actual physical danger and they have to play sort of an alien hopscotch with a little girl, and it's it's very it's aggressively silly, and probably is not a good episode in any real way, but I love it very much. <laughs> <laughs> so the board game designer likes the board game episode. Yeah, got that's, it. I know it's obvious, perhaps. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, so I had a trouble picking, like, I had trouble picking, like, one. And also, I feel like I'm not as entrenched in Trek discourse as other folks, if only because um, it exhausts me personally, <laughs> and I don't need it. Um, so I feel like I'm not necessarily, like, up on what folks consider good or bad. But um, I know that a lot of folks, there's contention in regards to holodeck episodes in general, and anything that takes place in a holodeck is almost immediately something I will rewatch because of the pure ridiculousness of it. Like, I rewatched the, uh, oh gosh, the second, not Ship in a Bottle, maybe it was Ship in a Bottle, the second Moriarty episode of Next yeah, Gen. That's Ship it, in a Bottle. It is Ship in a Bottle. Aha! Um, it's so silly, and it's like it tries really hard to like get you with like cool plot twists but i'm just watching i'm just having a great time watching niles from the nanny like do it up <laughs> it's really all it is and then like same thing anything with lawaxana troy she's a delight to watch it cracks me every time she's on screen patrick stewart's face is priceless and like she's not in always the best episodes but like same thing those elements are good enough that i i will re-watch anything with with her or with the holodeck or anything like that and just have a great time <laughs> awesome I, I cheated that's <laughs> no it's not cheating this show has no rules heck yeah <laughs> brad oh it's me um <laughs> i was the one that didn't understand exactly what bad was because originally i was going with i didn't think it was a good episode so i'm just gonna go with that since i was looking at other things in the the problem I have is there's some episodes in The Next Generation that involve kids that get abandoned or dumped on the characters. And the one that's sticking out in my mind is particularly Worf. He, one of his uh, subordinates gets killed and then leaves her yeah. son. And, I mean, the whole episode's supposed to be this real deep character dive into Worf and his honor and taking the taking upon them this kid and trying to raise him as a son and sort of adopting him into the family the bad part is 
it never happens again. You never see this kid. It's one of those things where you get child stars that come in and then they do this one, one really important thing and then they're gone and you never hear from them again. It's like, whatever happened to Warp's adopted son? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it's supposed to be good. I mean, there's several of them. I think there's one with uh, Jean-Luc and someone, there's one with Riker, which I think from what I was reading on some other things, one with Riker was even a little bit worse because I don't, I can't remember why, but people were saying it was worse. But yeah. I, had, I hadn't thought about it before, but yeah, that is a plot line that TNG does a weird amount. You're right. The beginning of season four is all family stuff. So it's like, th there's like four or five episodes in a row that have to deal with the TNG members and like mm -hmm. either small humans or their direct family. And I'm like, okay, we're just, this is how we, I'm not mad at it. I think it's really yeah. good, but like, yeah, no, it is a plot line. <laughs> yeah, it's, the, the bad part is, is that they just kick them to the curb afterwards and oh, what happens to the kids in Starfleet? They go away. They mystically <laughs> disappear into the, uh, well, the cleaning Cold system. Cold vacuum space. The there's just, yeah. there's just like, there's <laughs> but, just like I mean, a, a daycare room was, somewhere on the ship. Yeah, we, there is. We don't go there. Mm -hmm. It's fine. It was a really nice episode then. You see the little ceremony that they were doing, but then, no oh, kids, sorry. There's the nearest airlock. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. uh, well, speaking of, you know, recurring plot lines and stuff, uh, Sammy would like to know what the strangest Star Trek plot line you can kind of remember offhand is. Hmm. Strange. That's such a wild scale in terms of Star Trek, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. what even is strange? Uh, so one that I, I feel like it's one of those questions that the moment we are done with this stream, I will go and like figure out what I'm going to do with the rest of my evening and think of five things that I wish I had said for this question. <laughs> uh, but the one that I know is, is true is also like a, an episode I genuinely like a lot. Um, it's this Voyager episode, uh, called bride of chaotica yeah i love yeah, that episode that's the, that's the only voyager episode yeah. i've seen because you you had me watch it i think some people don't like it but it is a very it's a very lighthearted episode so if you're kind of not like into the more jokey episodes it's not going to work for you but the it's a holodeck episode uh voyager's helmsman tom paris likes to do these holodeck programs based upon essentially a flash gordon analog they're, they're larping they're, filed they're off. larping it's, it's right great. so they get they get in their uh costumes and they go in the holodeck and everything is black and white in the holodeck and they have you know all of their gear looks like it's cheap like 40s or 50s serial sort of of production and everything and they fight this very you know ming the merciless kind of character but so they're doing this and then voyager accidentally gets visited by photonic life forms from another dimension which is to say they're made of light like holograms are and they scan like the actual Voyager characters and are like we don't know what they are they're not real because they're not made of light but they scan all the holograms and they're like here are our people and so it becomes this war between this crazy you know Flash Gordon villain 
and a species from another dimension, all of which is transpiring on Voyager's holodeck. Because the aliens don't think Voyager's actual characters are real. It's delightful, but it's also very strange. <laughs> I love that episode. Holodeck so episode. really good. Yeah. Janeway, Janeway just like is an absolute treasure in that episode. Mm -hmm. Preach. <laughs> I man strange on Star Trek like could range from like one thing to another like the first thing I thought of and it not not strange in terms of what happens but like literally my the first like joke that I made in my head I was like how about that time that everybody tricks Picard into going on vacation and Riker literally tricks him into like trying to get laid by everyone on Risa and like Picard doesn't immediately call space HR on him. Like I, that's <laughs> strange. Like, can you imagine to your captain be like, I got him. I'll <laughs> here you go, captain. That's strange. Well done, Will Riker. Uh, to like, like I'm focused on TNG, but like, what's up, Sub Rosa? We right. Crusher has sex yeah. with a ghost. Space ghost. Space ghost. <laughs> what? TNG did not know how to handle sex at all. It was always awful and uh crusher and the space ghost was something else i'm just gonna leave it there leave it there <laughs> all right brad you gotta follow up on uh larping in space and uh calling hr space hr how could i follow up on either one of those two <laughs> i'm glad it's i don't fair. have to answer these <laughs> i'm I remember seeing those, at least one of those episodes. I am a lot more casual than that. So, <laughs> uh, weird episodes. I mean, I see some stuff weird on the shows every once in a while, but I can't can't really think of anything offhand that I really just thought was absolutely just completely stunning to me that made me think that it was weird. Well, somebody seen, like. I mean, I grew up on Buck Rogers, okay, <laughs> as a kid, so there's lots of weird stuff on that. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so our gift master, Michael Wayne, would like to know if you have any thoughts on the animated version of Star Trek. And before you answer, because I know Brandon at least has some thoughts uh nick then clarified which one do you mean and michael wayne said doesn't matter so the sky's the limit here you can go with whatever you want and i'm gonna make brandon go last i'm gonna go oh i'm gonna go back around so so brad you get first answer this time the animated series i've never seen it or lower decks it doesn't it doesn't matter Oh, okay. Lower decks. I did. Hey, I've signed up for thirty-three days in order to catch up on lower decks. <laughs> <laughs> What's my thoughts on the lower decks? Is well, my wife and I watch it together, so we've been enjoying it. It has sort has a sort of a throwback feel, and the comedy's all right. There's some episodes that it sort of falls a little flat for me, but overall, we've been sort of enjoying the feel of it, sort of getting to like the characters. So, overall, <laughs> I give it a thumbs up. <laughs> I love it. 
my my experience with uh, the animated series is the image macro of animated Kirk doing that, and that's kind <laughs> of it. Uh, I also have not watched it. Um, it was it was just really hard to find when I was younger, so I've just never gone back personally. I I probably will one day, like in a when I'm in like a haze or something, um, and I will <laughs> eventually watch all of it. In terms of Lower Decks, I've only watched um, the first episode. I'm like way behind on all of my television because real life is burning. Um, but I quite liked the 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 pilot, I guess, the first episode. Um, and I think it's totally fair for folks, like especially Trek folks, to not dig it because like it doesn't always feel like Star Trek. Um, and I think it's totally fair for folks not to find it funny because like it's a very specific style of humor and humor is so much harder to do than drama. Like I can make you cry so much easier than I can make you laugh. Like it just, that's just a fact of life. Um, so like, I think it's totally fair The I've seen some like about it, but I laughed like out loud six or seven times, whether it was like the, the fast paced or the voice acting or like the sort of ridiculous nature like and occasionally it was like just a one-off like i think it went off one of the characters just like pulled out a bat left and just started yelling and i was like i kind of like if there was soda it would have just come up my nose like i was having a great time so um i appreciate what lower decks is trying to do um and i enjoyed myself so like i'm team lower decks i'm here for it and uh i'm i eventually will have an opinion on the animated series <laughs> i I've only seen two episodes too, so I'm in the you know still still giving it a go, go vote. But speaking of the animated series, mm. Brandon, do you wanna do you wanna enlighten us all? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I'll start with Lower Decks. As long as we're on the topic, I do like <laughs> Lower Decks. I'm having fun with it. I think it um. Uh, you know, the humor doesn't always land for me as, as has been observed um, but I think there's a lot of times when it feels like it's a show that is made by people who very sincerely love Star Trek often because of all of its faults um, which I think is a good attitude to have and it feels to me sometimes like the kind of stuff that comes up around a, an RPG table when you're playing a Star Trek game of the, the random stuff that you just sort of imagine are happening on your ship or as a result of something your characters have done or whatever. Um, so I'm, I'm having fun with Lower Decks. Uh, uh, I love the animated series. I tell people to go watch it. Go watch it, please. <laughs> um, it is delightful, even though it's very cheap in a lot of cases, but it's... Um, it's just more of the original series, but without the budgetary constraints that live action uh, imposes. And that's really fun. And, uh, uh, you know, a lot of people kind of dismiss it because they think that Star Trek, the animated series must be a dumbed down kids version of the show. And it's really not. It's uh, um, a lot of the episode plots could have just been original series episodes. Um, for all intents and purposes. So, yeah, I think there's some really great stuff in there, and it's a lot of the same writers and most of the cast, and uh, even, like, a lot of the things Discovery pulls from, for instance, having to do with Spock and his background were established in the animated series, not in TOS. So, um, 
I'm glad that it's kind of be being reassessed. I know 10 or 15 years ago, it was kind of considered this thing that probably nobody really considered canon. But um, I think over the last decade or so, people have sort of come around to thinking of it as a valid part of the franchise, which is absolutely fair. So definitely go check that out if you haven't, especially if you like the original series, um, because it is more the original series. Oh, that's great. Oh. <laughs> also, it has some wacky close-ups that it reuses a lot. There's a lot of reused animation because it's <laughs> early 70s. It's, it's very, it's very Hanna-Barbera in that way. And there are some crazy directorial decisions I made about like what shots they reuse a bunch. They really like this close-up of Kirk's face, which is like kind of at a slight angle, but like half of his face super close up it's crazy i don't know why they did it but i love it and um go watch the series <laughs> all right um so our our mutual everyone except leah i guess uh game game master ben uh would like to know and ben gave us a ton of really good questions like like the thinky kind of questions uh so so we'll have a couple of those uh but ben would like to know what are your thoughts on ira stephen bear saying that deep space nine towed the line of representation but didn't actually follow through per what we left behind if you don't have uh, thoughts on this we can just whoever mm -hmm. has thoughts on this can say them and then we'll we'll move on Uh, I, I don't have a ton of thoughts beyond to say that I agree, you know? Um, uh, what We Left Behind, for those who don't know, is a documentary about Deep Space Nine um, that came out last year, I guess. Um, it was kickstarted, and they, they finally it came out last year, and it's really great if you love DS9. Don't go watch it before you watch DS9, because it's full of spoilers. But, um... Uh, I think, you know, Star Trek has often fallen a bit short of maybe what the ideals of the, uh, of the series would suggest. And I think it's very healthy and valid to recognize that fact and, and recognize that, um, there's always more that can be done and there's always, um, we, we, we should always be striving to like, if we're tell if if Star Trek is telling stories that are supposed to be about things and about hope and optimism and and a better world, we should always be expecting it to live up to those standards and to always move further with those standards outside the the fiction as well as inside the fiction. So, uh, I totally agree with you and and with the statement. Like, I didn't I don't know that documentary personally, but like. Yeah, we we if we if at any point in in the the future, the present, the whatever, somebody's like, we've done it, we've we've, <laughs> we've done representation and diversity. Like yeah. they're they're wrong. Like that's that's just wrong. We should yeah. always be striving to do better. And like Star Trek has done great things, great things. It should probably do better, and it can do better, right? Mm -hmm. Like it it continuously can. And I think we should be. Actually, I take that back. I'm going to walk that back. I was going to say we should be happy when. No, we don't have to be happy. Like, I think 
it is super cool to be happy when they when they hit the right buttons and when they're like yes i connect with this or or uh, i feel like i see me on screen um and i'm a cis white person so like i don't ha i don't have to have those experiences very often i am seen on screen very often um so i like i'm not as uh qualified as others to speak on it but like yeah always strive to do better and it's not a knock to it's not a to critique a thing you love that's not you you can be both things you can love a thing and still call it out on its nonsense or call it out when it needs to do better and continue to love the thing like i think that's healthy to do both there's no reason to put trek on a pedestal we all love it and we can see when it has its flaws we talked about bad episodes earlier yeah. <laughs> sometimes things are not good yeah Brad doesn't have any thoughts on this. Um, we have one last sort of general Trek question before we start talking specifically about your podcast and Star Trek Adventures. And this question is from Reyna. And uh, they would like to know where a newbie to Star Trek should start. Oh, gosh. You might just have to have a separate stream for this because I'll, <laughs> I'll I'll never stop talking about it. Is this I like your, your, your How to Start Gundam 20 tweet thread what? so here's the thing um, <laughs> on various hard drives over the last number of years I have probably <laughs> given different people primers on all these different series of like here's some episodes to try first and like I've put a stupid amount of thought into this kind of question on the behalf of many friends that I wanted to get into the franchise um, so the short answer is it depends. Um, something, something that I personally really think is a great strength of Star Trek is that because it is a series that is um, now more than 50 years old, uh, today, Star Trek Day is the 54th anniversary of uh, the original series premiering. So it has spanned more than five decades uh, with something in production for most of those years. And so you see a lot of different kinds of storytelling and stuff over time, uh, depending on what the standards were of the time and what was sort of popular and expected. Uh, so there's a lot of places to start, depending on what you like. Uh, if you really enjoy like modern prestige television, uh, Discovery is probably the best place to go. Like that is Star Trek by that metric. You know, it is it is very serialized, so it doesn't have the same feel of like picking out individual episodes that can kind of stand alone. Um, and it's also kind of dark, which I know a lot of people don't necessarily care for um, uh, relative to some of the rest of the series. But if, if you love that kind of TV, then Discovery is the version of Star Trek for you. Um, if you like the more sort of episodic stuff, uh, it, it kind of depends on things like tone and the balance of like action versus thinky stuff, right? Like, and there's some really great episodes from a lot of different series that you can kind of sample. Uh, original series, TNG and Voyager all have tons of really great one-off episodes you can just kind of uh, try out and not need a lot of background and just do. Um, if you're in for a commitment, I think DS9 is the best overall journey. But like, uh, 
that comes with its own like you kind of have to be ready to make a little bit of a commitment because it tells some very long stories that are fantastic when they pay off but um it doesn't necessarily uh always work immediately for people right um anyway <laughs> what about you two do you have <laughs> thoughts i so i actually have a lot of the same thoughts that you have in terms of like you mentioned discovery like star trek's old and just go like being newer and shinier and like maybe a bit more appealing to modern audiences i don't think you're wrong like at all mm -hmm. and i think it's actually okay to do those things like um i it's hard sometimes to get into to older things if you're just like hung up on yeah. effects or cheesy storylines or metaphors that aren't really metaphors they're pretty much <laughs> right there like that's that can be really hard so i agree with you there um, I like to pick sort of episodes that I think are easy one-offs. Mm -hmm. um, I made a joke about season four of TNG starting with like all these family episodes, but like the first four episodes I think of season four are all solid one-offs and they all hit really good because it's right post spoilers for a very old series, right post uh, Picard being uh, assimilated. Yeah. So it's a lot of dealing with that emotional fallout and like, I think it's the episode called called Family, where Picard mm -hmm. goes to his brother's house in France, and Worf's got his parents visiting. Like, it hits really good. You don't need to know Star Trek. Like, and I think it's enough sometimes to get somebody to understand that this isn't just a silly show, silly show, in space, or we're not just fighting people with prosthetics on their faces. Like, they do. They put in the work sometimes, and even if it takes place in the 23rd, 24th, 25th centuries, like what it is the best of Star Trek always is the quote unquote human core. It is the, the, the empathy, excuse me, that you can feel with these characters. So I like finding episodes like that. Uh, mm -hmm. Latent Image, which is a Voyager episode where the doctor, um, what is it? He, they try to erase his, his yeah. backup memory basically. And he keeps finding remnants of it because when he remembers this thing that they've made him forget he goes into like this feedback loop because he it, it has to it's it's like the awakening consciousness in the doctor i love showing people that episode because yeah. like i think that's kind of a sciencey one and it throws in a classic star trek mystery and it woof if i don't cry every single time and i know what's coming like it's real good stuff um yeah. honestly lower decks of tng that's another one where at the end you cry but it does lots of good heart stuff. It shows you lots of space stuff. You get some diplomacy stuff and like, and then yeah, the tears happen at the end. Oh no, I just like pain. <laughs> <laughs> that might be what that is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I agree with what you said about disco because um, disco is great and I truly love it. But like in terms of maybe older Trek, yeah. I like one-offs. Yeah. And like, I know, I definitely know people who had tried Star Trek before because they like sci-fi things in general. But like none of them stuck until Disco, mm -hmm. or until like the J.J. Abrams movie, uh, or or you know any other given one. Like it, it really is. There's a lot of ways in, and yep. you can probably find something that works for you. My answer is easy and simple. Who's your favorite actor? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's fair. I mean, if you like. I mean, whoever it is, I mean, you really like um, Chris Pine. Watch the new movie, the mm -hmm. new Star Trek. Get into it that way. 
If you like Scott Bakula, go watch Enterprise. <sighs> hey, there, there's some good Enterprise. Singular. <laughs> I mean, it's not I mean, my place. Who's your actor? I really liked Quantum Leap. And... Anyway. <laughs> Nobody's Quantum strong Leap feelings. It's fine. It's fine. I think what we've come to is there's no there's no wrong way to get into fandom. No. There's no wrong way to get into the figula. Well, okay, hold on. Don't do murders. <laughs> That's a wrong way to get into something. But like in general, yeah. there's no wrong way to do it. Yeah. Um Yeah. Yeah. I uh I can maybe and I I hang around in the make believe server sometimes, so I can maybe get into more depth if people have like here's the things I like. I can maybe try to give more bespoke answers, but... Good, good. Yeah. I'll, I will cut you off there, though, because it is 8.45, and so I want to slide us into questions about Star Trek Adventures the system. Uh, so, um, from Fennec, how long did it take you to get used to the Nat 1 being the equivalent of a Nat 20 in a 2D20 system? No time. It was pretty easy. Pretty easy. It didn't... Right? Yeah. yeah. You're all smarter than me. <laughs> I I don't know, man. It was one of the once I was explained to me, I was like, oh, okay, cool. <laughs> it actually made my dice a lot better. <laughs> Dude, I don't know what it is. I swear <laughs> to God, I roll so much better in STA than I do in D and D, like consistently. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you if you constantly just dramatically fail rolls at D and D or or another D twenty system kind of thing, try STA. You really, you might you might find your luck. Is better. There, there was there was a night when uh, we were playing a, a different game that uses a d20, and you were rolling so badly, and I was like, "Are you using your Star Trek dice?" And you said yes, and then you switched, and you did better. Oh, they had that they had that yeah. stuff on them. Yeah, they knew they knew what I usually wanted, and gave that to me. Um, replicator dice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, from Nick, um, I don't know how many Star Trek Adventure kind of games that you've played, but if you've played in, you know, multiple ones, uh, what is your uh, favorite era to explore in Star Trek Adventures? Be it, you know, the original series era, you know, Picard era, whatever. If you have opinions on this. If you don't, we'll move on. <laughs> um, uh, this is only... I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, this is only my second Star Trek Adventures game. Uh, the other one was just a pretty quick one that introduced me into the system. So I really don't have a preference on those. Although, I don't know, I think where we're, the show right now, where we're at is outside of any of the information that we have on it. So, but it's after everything. So, I don't know, this the post era seems like it's pretty nice. We can go with whatever we want to. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. It's I like the we've had a lot of exploration, which I mean, Star Trek's always been about exploration, though. So I mean, going all over, exploring new places. We feel a lot like Voyager. We feel a lot like post Picard. All that good mm -hmm. stuff. So. Uh, Endeavor is post Picard. Is that correct? Yep. Yes. Uh, Endeavor is set. Uh just a little more than 20 years after uh, Picard. 
Um, so with the exception of a handful of like individual episodes of series that have jumped forward in time for a one-off plot or whatever, uh, we're kind of out where there isn't um, there isn't a lot of definition of what's going on at this time period. We, we sort of want to get out to where we can look at what things look like, you know, a few decades out from some of the events that have happened in uh, some of the some of the other shows. Um, and be able to kind of get in the clear to find new stuff. Um, so it's been it's been fun to kind of be able to uh, build on some of the stuff that we really love and also reimagine some things, what they might look like a little further down the line. Uh, so this one is, is just for the players of this game. Um, Take that, Brandon. <laughs> uh, what uh, did you think about the character creation process for Star Trek Adventures? Oh, it was, it, I loved it personally. Um, I work better when I have, in general, when I have structure in terms of creativity, like I need a little bit of a framework. And the fact that Star Trek Adventures kind of like gives you blocks like uh, of time and stuff to work in. Um, I thought that that was really great. Modifius has a, like an official character creator thing on online, like it's in the browser that you do it. It was so helpful. Um, and like also the fact that I'm like, I want to play six million kinds of characters. Okay, well, uh, you got to winnow that down. So I think it, uh, I think the adventure system really helps um, weird brains like mine sort of get a hold on what they are going to do. And Brandon was really helpful. Like we did it on, we all had ideas of what we we're doing, but we did it together on mic. So if we had questions or we weren't sure what we wanted to do, uh, Brandon and the other players, those episodes are posted on our feed, the, the character creation ones, if you care to listen to them um but we were able to ask sort of questions like who i'm feeling this but maybe that like it it was a really fun to to collaborate when necessary but also to just like get in your own head uh when you needed to and i thought it was i personally thought it was really fun and easy to do cool yeah, it felt very uh character driven versus trying to go for a game driven stat dumps. Your yeah stat dumps as you were literally going along making this character and their backstory as you were going along. So all their experiences, so you knew more about the character. Functionally, Mozafar is not the greatest game character in the world because I have stats that don't really apply to a whole lot of things and things that don't do anything. And all the time that we've recorded, there's things on my sheet that I have not used once. Same. I've looked at it a lot and go, well, but so, the nice thing is, though, is that after character creation, there is that when you're going through and you're doing leveling up, things like that, you can change things around and match how your character has grown. So that is the nice part about the system. Mm -hmm. I I haven't personally... Uh... No, that's not true. I did play a one-shot, but it was a pre-gen character. So I, I just got the book myself, and I'm excited to poke at it some more. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, so this one's only for Brandon. Sorry. Um, what the heck, man? Uh, <laughs> for Brandon, turnabout is fair play, I guess. I don't know. It's fair. Uh, <laughs> because the question is, what is your favorite part of DMing in the Star Trek Adventures system? Um, I mean, I guess if I have to, let's see. It's 
It's a system that I find um, largely I can just kind of not fret about the rules too much, weirdly enough. Um, it's not a rules light system by any means in some cases. Uh, but I think it just, it, it concerns itself with um, a different set of gameplay experiences as the, as the core of what the game is probably going to be. You know, advancement is different. Uh, the way that the, the game approaches narrative is different. The um, d degree of your sheet that is dedicated to things like combat is is much less than something like D&D. So um, I think it enables... I think just the, the, the system's priorities enable me and, and, and everybody at the table to have stories that are more reflective of what we can see in Star Trek episodes rather than just kind of a your sort of like average tabletop RPG with mm -hmm. phasers. Yeah. <laughs> Although sometimes it is. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> you can have that experience if that's what you want, but you can also I think it gives you gives uh, a lot of good tools for doing the things that are the the adventures that are kind of thinky and mystery and puzzly and you probably don't shoot anything with your with your phaser ever. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so more specifically, sort of narrowing down to Endeavor in particular, um, just a couple of like general questions about your podcast. Uh, how long have you all been working on it? Uh, how did the team come together? What made you want to do it as a podcast? Just, uh, you know, that's sort of basic podcast info uh i guess i've been working on the longest so um <laughs> yes <laughs> uh so i um as some people may know i have been a player on the heroes of a hydean way a star wars podcast yeah ren i think you've maybe heard of it right <laughs> um for a bit and uh you know, I've always loved running Star Trek games and like the idea of of telling stories through the actual play sort of, of medium. So I started uh, working on the podcast back in, I guess, January, early January, when I was unemployed for a time and had nothing else to do. So why not start a podcast, I said. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um. So uh, I'd already run some just like personal games of, of Star Trek Adventures at that point. So I knew it was a system I liked to use and uh, started putting out feelers for players. And, you know, eventually we had the group we have with the concept that we launched with. And that's the story. <laughs> um, a lot of these sort of actual play shows occasionally we'll do a live streamed game is that something you think your group would ever do i can't make those decisions <laughs> <laughs> uh you know maybe i i'm not opposed to it but uh i certainly can't speak for everybody so um... i wouldn't i wouldn't be proposed personally but then oh no my secrets revealed the fact that anytime I don't know what to do. I just in character, um, uh, uh <laughs> and it's what the trick tip for anybody who wants to RP and they're unsure of system rules and maybe a little unsure, 
of what would happen in this particular Star Trek instance. Play a character who is new at those things and is fairly <laughs> nervous, and you're in character all the time. When I joined the Hydean Way, it's like, wow, these people are all really good role players. I'm terrified. I'm going to play a really nervous character. Mm -hmm. And then everyone's going to think I'm a really good role player, but actually I'm just freaking <laughs> out. Yeah. So, yes, I second this tip. It's a good tip. <laughs> um, so this is a really specific and slightly spoilery question from Ben, but I'm going to ask it anyway because it's the only very specific question we got about Endeavor very specifically. And I said this word specific like four times because it is very specific. You have a Borg of unknown origin and a Romulan on the podcast. Both of these species have been big bads in movies and have had cataclysms visited on both societies. Two for the Romulans. Will there be any looking at the aftermath and reconstruction in the future for your show? Uh, so these characters happen to be the characters of the two players who couldn't make this stream. Right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Christine and Nicole, respectively. Um, I don't know that those are huge spoilers since they're pretty much how we like kind of elevator pitch who those characters are. Um, but uh, I think the short answer, this isn't a short answer anymore, but <laughs> um, we definitely have done some thinking and chatting uh at least me and those players uh, with how where they see those um, normally antagonistic societies standing uh, post various things that have happened. Um, so maybe we'll just have to listen, I guess. <laughs> Heck yeah. Well, they're sisters, right? Oh gosh. Not literal sisters, but they're, yes. I yeah, know, but they, hey, sometimes family's closer than the ones you choose. Yeah. <laughs> could, could they be Bromulan agents? Yeah, maybe. Dude, can you imagine? Like, <laughs> two and a half years later, all of a sudden, Pharrell turns. What the heck, man? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we are going to move into something we don't usually do on Tales of Make Believe, but I know how much of a fan Brandon is of la 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 lightning rounds. Mm -hmm. So I did one. Um, but first, while uh, the lightning round is happening, this is the time for people to submit entries to win a copy of the Star Trek Adventures core rulebook. So all you have to do to enter is type the words, make it so, into the chat box. I'll write all those down and then I'll roll and die. So we're going to move into the lightning round. This is a short answer. Spit it out as soon as you think about it. People probably know what lightning round is, and you all can just kind of shout over each other as you will. So, chaos! Lightning round! <laughs> chaos! I feel like I should let Brandon say lightning round, though, because we did this on Heidi and Wade. Yeah. I didn't have to be on camera, then. That's fair. 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 Fine. Just do this, <laughs> and then do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You should. You're right. Uh, lightning round. <laughs> that was great! All right, so lightning round. What color uniform would you wear in Starfleet? Red. <laughs> I would not be in Starfleet. <laughs> uh, this one's from Fennec. 
Who's the better captain, Kirk or Picard? Janeway. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is from Nick. Favorite alien species in the canon? Borg. Orion. Trill. From Ben. Does anyone want to see a bit in Picard where they do a flashback to young Picard and it's Tom Hardy? No. No. <laughs> Tom Holland. <laughs> Shave his head. <laughs> Tom Holland. Perfect. <laughs> uh, from Fennec. What are some of your favorite sci-fi properties outside of Star Trek? This is a long answer, though. Yeah. Man, what, how do you even narrow it down? Alien. Five. Hmm? Alien's good. Uh, Gundam. Space above, <laughs> Space above and beyond. Firefly. Oh, Firefly, true. <laughs> All right, and that was our lightning round. I can't do that. That was tense, and I don't like it. Never again. <laughs> Thank <I'm> you. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we have one final question. And it is from Michael Wayne. This is not a lightning round one. You can take your time with this one while I tally up who has entered the giveaway. And this question is, do you have a favorite quote or moment from any of the shows or any part of Star Trek? Take it away. The, the answer is yes. Okay, well, what is it? <laughs> oh. <laughs> The entire thing except for the parts he doesn't like hey you, you got away without me sassing you for almost an hour like actually a, an entire hour yes yeah it's 801 now i mean central time so it's 801 for me mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. answer the question well, i'll start okay <laughs> my favorite part is actually in the i love this line it's and it's uh in the star trek movie that uh the new ones the new timeline ones and it's when they're going in there and the first time we meet mccoy and he explains his nickname i love the story but it, it's all she left him with was his bones oh yeah yeah those movies have some just great character moments for those characters and i they just love carl urban too yeah yeah and the casting is really on point uh i'll go next i'm uh my my favorite episode of star trek period point blank i've watched it the most like i i can almost quote it top to bottom uh is deja q from tng and the moment where there, there, there's a sequence in 10 Forward where Q, who is uh, ostensibly human at the moment, but nobody quite believes him, they're sitting there at the bar, and guy, like, Whoopi Goldberg walks in, and John Delancey turns around and goes, this is not a moment I've been looking forward to, and narrows his eyes, and there's, there's Whoopi just standing there looking at him like, how dare you be in my ship, in my bar? And then there's a whole bit about how Data's like, oh, the crew, Q, <clears throat> the crew does not believe he is quite human. And she just goes, really? And then behind his back, she picks up the most ridiculous and probably ill-equipped to be a fork fork you've ever seen in the future, uh, picks it up and stabs him in the hand and just goes, looks human enough to me. And it is forever one of my favorite moments in Star Trek. I love Guinan. I love Q. I love that episode. And like, just, just Whoopi doing her thing. And like the scene continues and it's 
good, but it, that her and that fork in his hand, so good. Choice. <laughs> um, I have a lot that I really love, but the one that I tend to come back to, if only so that I don't have to memorize others, uh, is from um, Star Trek Generations, the first of the TNG movies, which is an uneven film, to be sure. But uh, it's something Picard says right near the end, uh, where he, he says that, um, referring to the villain of the film, who is by that, that point dispatched, um, that uh, someone had once told him that time was a predator that stalks us all of our lives. But I rather believe that time is a companion that goes with us on the journey and reminds us to cherish every moment because they never come again. Um, and that what we leave behind is not as important as how we've lived. Uh, and that's always spoken to me a lot. Um, yeah. Uh, which, of course, in a pretty good line also, because he's saying this to Commander Riker, Riker looks at him and says, I don't know about you, sir, but I plan to live forever. <laughs> he will. Because he has so many children on so many planets. Yeah, in a in a metaphorical, you know, way of speaking. Yeah. <laughs> if he just keeps having transporter accidents that duplicate him, <laughs> uh, we'll all live forever. Yeah, in the that's the the distant future that Discovery's about to dive into. Sorry, minor spoilers, I guess. But <laughs> what we'll find is just going to be full of Rikers, <laughs> just Rikers all the way down. Oh. <laughs> uh, so that was our last question so in terms of the giveaway uh, you all kind of already know if you're hanging out in chat because there were three entries there's three books so you three won uh, <laughs> Nick, Dan, and Allie there you Congratulations. go I'll message yeah. you later <laughs> have fun with the game that was easy <laughs> it's a good time it's a lot of rules. Uh, I'll just make all of you come on Make Believe and play it with me. Allie, Dan, and Nick. I know, it's a big ask. Um, Do it. Yeah, so uh, we can just go around one more time if you all want to remind people where folks can check you out, check your content out on the interwebs. And then I'll do my little closing preamble and I'll let you all go on with your night. We'll go in reverse order. Brad. All right. Well, I'm Brad. Of course, uh, you can find me at MacinEbedy1. That's M-A-C-H-I-N-E-B-E-D-E-1 -E -E on Twitter. And you'll find me there mostly just talking video games like CK3, Stellaris, stuff like that, mostly. Cool, cool. Thank you. And Leah. Uh, thanks for watching, folks. This was really fun. Um, so I'm, again, at Leah617 on most social medias, uh, if if not all of them. I'm pretty sure I've, I've nabbed it across the board. I mainly play on Twitter, if that's your jam. Um, come hang out with me there. Uh... Uh, please listen to Endeavor. It's dope as heck. Like, I really, we're having a really good time playing with it. We've been playing for months now. Like, you have not heard a, a, a quarter of what we've recorded, and it's so, mm -hmm. so good. 
Um, it just it keeps getting better. better. Brandon's like a dope GM. It's so much fun, these <laughs> stories to play. Um, and then outside of that, I uh, part of my day job is making podcasts. Woohoo! So um, uh, two of the ones that I'd like to plug, uh, one called Extraneous, which is a podcast um, that has two feeds, but I'm on one with my co-host and we go through uh, Supernatural. We've done Steven Universe. We're currently covering Supernatural. Um, and then the other one is called A Story Most Queer. Uh, it's pretty much bi-weekly right now, but we've got like 30 back episodes and it is uh, stories that we license from queer authors narrated by queer voices and the stories themselves have to do with queer tales in any way, shape or form, all sorts of genres. Uh, it's my literal pride and joy. I wish we did it more often, but quarantine makes things hard. But um, mm. yeah, no, it's it's genuinely my favorite. Each episode's like between 15 and 30 minutes. They're super bite-sized. They're really great stories. Love them a lot, so. Yeah, extraneous and a story most queer, and I'm Leah, and that's I'm done now. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> and uh, Brandon, so yourself, and also, yep, I'm gonna leave um, it up to you to do all the rest of the Endeavor links too. They totally. are in chat, by the way, folks. But when this is up on YouTube, they can't see the chat. So, said stuff. Yep. So uh, myself, you can find me on Twitter at Blue of the Ken, where I mostly tweet about uh, Star Trek and Gundam and the. <laughs> Uh, sometimes the things I, I do uh, in my day job, but not always, because I can't always say secrets. Uh, let's see. I stream a couple times a week on Twitch as Sarkikit. I also am on Heroes of the Hydean Way with Ren. So you can find me there being, um, this season, Koba the Noir Doug. Um, somebody didn't stop me from just saying Noir monologues in the middle of episodes, so I'm sorry. Ben's gonna run out of saxophone music at some point. <laughs> they really are. Um, uh, Endeavor, uh, our show is Endeavor Through the Maelstrom. We are at uh, on Twitter, at Endeavor Show, or on our website, uh, EndeavorShow.com, as well as where all fine podcasts are downloaded. Um, Endeavor is E-N-D-E-A-V-O-U-R, because that's how the space shuttle was spelled. Um, uh, we are a Star Trek Adventures actual play. As of today, we have released the last part of our first plot arc. So there is a nice chunk of a, a five episode arc. You can listen to all immediately if you want. Plus, uh, as Leah mentioned earlier, our couple uh, character creation episodes, if you are interested in getting a feel for how this system handles that stuff, since we kind of had to gloss over a little bit here. Um, you know, as we've said, we're sort of in the future of stuff. We're, we're out in space doing doing Starfleet things. We've got a new ship. It's all very cool. Um, visit our website if you want to see a picture of it. It's pretty awesome. It's so pretty. Yep. Uh, and yeah, we uh, come out with new episodes every other week. So in a couple of weeks, we'll be starting our second plot arc with a new dilemma for the crew to find uh, a, a solution to. And it's very... Um, mysterious and I love our second arc. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Leah gets to solve a mystery. <laughs> you get to continue your your rivalry with the uh, the other ye old timey uh, telescope helmsman club helmsman. <laughs> oh my god, I'm looking for ways for him to show up. Like every time something happens, and I'm like, Brandon, can we bring him in just so I can yeah. say snarky words at him? My if Endeavor was a real TV show, he would be my favorite character. <laughs> Not a joke. I don't. I, 
I just realized that what I should have said when you, when the question came up about what I like best about the system, that's the system that I like best. Why didn't I say that? Well, you can pop into the uh, Discord server, which we yeah. have. If you type in exclamation point Discord and you're not already there, you can pop in. We have channels for TTRPG stuff, for LARP stuff, for costuming, and all sorts of nerdery and queer nonsensory and etc. And you can talk about this show in the show channels there. Oh, and uh, speaking of Discord, we also have a Discord, which you can find links to uh, on the uh, pin tweet on our Twitter uh, or on our website. So Endeavor Show on Twitter or dot com. So yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come chat. We chat about a lot of uh, where we talk about Trek in general. We talk about um, you know new lower decks and stuff as they happen, and of course we chat a bit about RPGs, both Star Trek and otherwise. Cool. Okay, now I think I'm actually done. Sorry. <laughs> well, thank you all so much for coming on and helping Tales of Make Believe celebrate Tark Tark. Yeah, that's the one. Yep. Thank you all for coming on and helping Tales of Make Believe celebrate Star Trek Day with all of you awesome folks talking about your awesome podcast. I am Ren. You can find me at Atomic Firebird. You can also find me at the aforementioned Discord and also on this channel all the time. On Saturday, we've got our weekly bubblegum shoe game, Disaster Teens in 1998, Undercovering Mystery. Uh, every other Thursday, we have Journey to Make Believe, one-shot show for newbies and experienced streamers to get together and try out indie systems. Next week, we've got Sammy GMing a Star Wars game. That's going to be very, very fun. We've got the whole Mod Squad plus Allie playing that one. And then next week, our guest on Tales of Make Believe is Bri Peer, who is an awesome cosplayer, uh, role player, LARPer, all that fun stuff. We'll talk to her. Oh, and also comic book uh, artist. So lots of stuff to talk about with her. And in two weeks, we've got most of the cast of the Realms Apart podcast coming on to talk about their upcoming podcast. So this is a pretty exciting month on Make Believe. You can, as Brandon said, find me on Heroes of the Hydean Way every Thursday and also on my other podcast, Fast Times at D&D High, every other Wednesday. That's me. This is Make Believe. We have a Twitter. We have a Patreon. You can find all those links down below. Thanks again to Fennec, Corey, Heather, Sammy, everyone who supports us and... I have one more thing I'm supposed to say, and I am failing. Oh, all the overlays were done by Just a Summer Job on Twitter. All of the music you heard underneath the stream and in the before and after stuff is Kevin McLeod. You can find the individual track listings down below. After you see all of our little end cards, I will find someone to raid. And remember, you are never too old for make-believe. Good night, everyone.